Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 288 of Lave Radio, the show that likes to talk about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Commander Phoenix Defire, Chief Archivist of Lave, Ra- of Lave Station, uh, and otherwise known as Commander Phoenix Defire. And joining me in the Orange Sidewinder Bar for this episode, we have our Head of Health and Safety, Commander Edelweiss, otherwise known as Ben Moss Woodward. I'm really quite embarrassed right now, but we'll get into more of that later. Not embarrassing. Uh, I'm probably embarrassing too, but you know, my wife doesn't know I'm I'm on the radio with no gloves on. Oh, the mental image that's just popped in my head, and I'd like to apologise to everybody else for the mental image that's just probably popped into your head. Um, uh, we also have our Inhuman Resources Director, Commander Shan. Hello. Uh, and um, joining us from our sister station, um, after unplugging Cubicle 3, we have the chief mugger himself, Dave Person, Pearson, uh, Commander Vid- Vintigen. Ah. Vintigen, or Vin, Vin will do. We'll, we'll go with Vin. I can oh, handle Vin, Vin's, Vin, Vin's easy, yes. yes um, I good th- evening. And I wouldn't say chief mugger, I'd say the noisiest mugger. <clears throat> Otherwise Alvin will tell me off and bite me. Yeah, Colin, there's a whole load of French people who just want to mourn the demise of their language. And a couple of Canadians. A few Canadians. Bella said about that, the better. Um, Right. Uh, If you wish, you can join us live. Uh, We are hanging out in game. Whereabouts, Ben? I'm currently just dotting around in the beta around live at the moment. I'm flying about, basically. But if you can't get to us in-game, you can also join the Twitch chat channel, which you can access through laveradio.com slash live, click on the live chat, or just go straight to twitch.tv slash laveradio. So, it's been a funny old week, this one. So, uh, Ben, what have you been up to? As I said, I've got, I've got a slight confession to make, because uh-huh. I've, I've kind of turned into a, a cod kitty. Cod? Co- yeah. Um, Cold, Sorry. Cold well, according to um, people on the, the chat room, uh, I'm too much of an old forum dad to understand what that is. Sorry. Yeah, I, I've, be, I've started playing and worse, actually enjoying a game that I've pretty much actively slagged off <laughs> since 2010. Um, what, Call of Duty? Call, yeah, the Call of Duty franchise. Uh, and the whole reason behind that is basically my son was like, uh, ben, could you come and play Call of Duty with me? It's cross-platform. And I was like, yeah, sure it is. Uh, and But I went off and looked into it, and I was like, okay, it actually says it's cool. it is cross-platform. And I can confirm we've had, in the same team, all on voice comms, two people on PC, one person on PlayStation, and one person on Xbox. Cool. And Did the PC really... Master Race win? Well, we were, we were playing with each other, as we should do. Ah, right. Okay, so it was co-op then, not... Yeah, well, we, were, we were working as a team. Um, it's a bit... The stuff we were doing was more like... It's a bit like... Oh, it's one of these Battle Royale ones that Call of Duty's obviously like, yeah, come and play this with... We'll get into the same thing as everybody else. <laughs> um, but it's a lot of fun. I can actually play it with my son and my other relatives up north. So I'm actually enjoying it, and I feel dirty about admitting that. So I just, I just wanted to get that out there and clear the air, really. <laughs> Thank you for sharing with the group. 
<laughs> we feel we need to give you a round of applause now. I, I think I think it's deserved, to be frank. <laughs> My name is Ben, and I'm a <laughs> Call of Duty <laughs> addict. Uh, uh, I, was, I was playing it till ridiculous o'clock the other morning, yes. Mm. Yeah. Shan, yes. what have you been up to for this week? Oh, what have I been doing? Okay, um, been playing with the beta. Mm-hmm. Um, checking out a number of mechanics on the fleet carriers mm-hmm. um, to um, basically try and see if there's a use I can put them to. Um, out of game, I have actually got so into this lockdown malarkey, I've actually started reading a book again, which sounds really strange, but I spend so much of my time in front of a screen or uh, something else, just being able to sit down and read a book. I haven't done for ages. I've been enjoying reading a book. Um, what and the family? Well, the the youngest mini Shan is now useful. He ha- he has been trained, and he is now um, performing COVID nineteen tests for NHS workers in IKEA car park, and oh. he even ha- even has a certificate to prove it. So yes, he's been doing his bit, which has made us all really proud of him. Hmm. Yes, um, the COVID nineteen. I was hoping that we'd avoid that subject. Well, for a that's, bit. I, that's all. I, that's all I can say about it. But actually, the um, the books are quite good. I actually found that Bill Bryson because I, I enjoy tra- I've started to enjoy travel books now because I can't go outside and look around <laughs> and travel around. So I decided something to do with travel books, and uh, Bill Bryson has written a um, a sequel to his Notes from a Small Island. Oh, right. And, because it's about Britain and he goes to all these wonderful places and he he writes in a very evocative style. It's sort of my virtual imaginary tour around Britain, which I'm actually enjoying quite a bit. <laughs> Excellent. Um, right. Mr. Pearson, what have you been up to this week? Oh, Obviously, um, the big thing will come to later. But I mean, it's those it's those four letters. That's, that is all I have done all week. <laughs> has been VECM. That's it. Nothing else. Right. Okay. Which it gives it gives an idea for the amount of workload for the whole crew. But yeah, that's that's consumed my week. Yes, yeah, so we know how much effort goes into these kind of things. So yeah, <laughs> we'll we'll be discussing that in depth. A little bit later. Um, as far as me personally, I've spent the entire blasted weekend not in virtual reality or virtual space, but digging the garden up so that the rabbit can have more space. So have you been filling in the holes that the acid has eaten away then? Is that what you've been doing? No, the rabbit is fine. He's not weeing acid. He's okay. Dear. You are you are just obsessed. You were just hoping that that well, bunny had laid certain kind of eggs, weren't you? What you, you see a cat with a face hugger over it or something? <laughs> um, uh, Moggy from next door has been face hugged. Is it just me, or does Nestwick cereal look a bit like sort of small chocolate balls, but they've still got a a, a rabbit as their I, are, you, are you sure it's Nesquik cereal you've been eating? Yeah, it's all of a sudden you sort of do think. I mean, did they actually think that through? Anyway, 
Um, I have actually been playing uh, a bit of Elite. Obviously, the power play side of stuff, still enjoying. But then I made the discovery that um, my Imperial Clipper has been neglected for quite a while. Uh, and so I managed to A-rate that and then basically engineer it and then took it Thargoid Scout hunting. And my goodness, it's nice. I mean, I've, I know a lot of people, I'm coming to the party quite late on this one, but the Imperial Clipper, oh, what a machine. I, I've never seen a ship that big move that fast. So, Especially when chased by the rabbit. Uh, not you as well. The rabbit is fine. I'm going to have to come up with a response to this. Nothing oh, thank you, Commander Ventura. Commander Ventura, he's digging a hole. Yeah. Just for the it's rabbit. What, it's what the rabbit does for everybody else that we get worried about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you don't dare put it in a pot or anything like that. It's just going to melt your stove. Oh, dear. He's fine. It's just a nice, grey, fluffy Especially rabbit. with a bit of, couple of potatoes and a few carrots. Yeah, but that's what happens, isn't it? They, the face hugger drops off, and everyone goes, oh, they're fine now, have some food, and then it costs, it will go wrong. <sighs> right, well, um, leaving the bunny news aside, we'll, we'll move on to what the development news from Frontier has been this week. Now, obviously, last week there was the big... Uh, drop, which we will be, probably be discussing in quite a, a bit more detail later. Um, but we've also had a, a new community manager introduce himself since then. We have had Tim introduce himself on the forums, which I'm trying not to think of Monty Python. Well, he does. He does. He actually insisted on the script for the thing we're going to talk about later that um, he introduced himself as some people call me Tim. So yes, he he's he's very Monty Python himself. And I've just realised that that takes us back to a rabbit again, because it's the most vicious bunny rabbit you've ever seen. So we've had my bunny rabbit, and then Tim. I I I can't escape this, can I? Right. Now, um, anybody had any first impressions? I mean, the guy seems to be um, quite pleasant on the forums. Typical CM kind of uh, language, but... Seems very nice. He, uh, he's popped onto the Lay Radio Discord a few times, said hi, joined in things. Um, so every time I've spoken to him, he's always been very nice. So we, we basically... Real... Sorry. Go, no, go on, Dave. We gave him a real baptism of fire on uh, on Saturday, because um, he was intending just to pop in and introduce himself, <laughs> and ended up staying for 10 of the 12 hours, including <laughs> reading script out loud, and staying live on our video camera during Buckstop Trucker at the end oh, of the Jesus. evening. And the look on his face when he realised <laughs> quite how not well Hutton Truckers are in the sanity department um, was an absolute picture. I don't think the audience could see his face, but we could. And um, yes, the, the rest of the CM team who were there uh, were laughing themselves silly, and he was sat there with a look of horror on his face. So I think no, we've no. broken him already in a week. Now, hang on a second. Um, I I did make an extra donation to make sure that Buck would cover up. Are you telling me he didn't? Buck uh, did you not joke. watch the pre-recorded section? Oh, it was pre-recorded. The the Buck's top tracker was pre-recorded. You see, so Buck put clothes on. Okay. During the day. That's good. Um, but when it got to after the watershed and Hutton's top tracker, it all went a little bit dockers. Should we That's say Pete Tonk? 
No, Dockers. Everybody will know what Dockers yeah, yeah. goes like. Yeah. Well, at least he didn't say pear shape because then you'd sort of say, no, he's ill. <laughs> but no, the, the poor chap, he's been, he's, he's, he arrived and of course immediately went into working from home. Yeah. Because um, he's only been there a week and, week and three days. Yes. Now. Even more, he's moved, and, he's moved country. Yes, and um, obviously we we had a we've got a huge echo coming from you, man. Yes, oh. yes, because my house has got nothing in it yet. Mm-hmm. Was his response? Um, but yeah, I mean, he got thrown in properly at the deep end. Obviously, he's not able to share his office space with the rest of the team. Um, and yeah, we 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 gave him a proper introduction to the community on Saturday. He's a lovely chap, though. I had a long chat with him, prepping out the um, the script for the the sketch they did for us. And um, he's in on the joke. He's got the right sense of humour. He fits very well with the rest of the team. Excellent. Um, well, moving on from from Tim, um, we'll move to the other CM now. As you know, the uh, the beta has been happening for the last week. Um, on last Thursday, Bruce made an announcement about an upcoming announcement about upcoming beta changes. Um, effectively, the, to summarise, they've they've just said, um, "Listen, we've been." Uh, evaluating all the feedback that we've uh, we've been getting from you guys, and it has been volumes and volumes of feedback, uh, and we will let you know what we think about that feedback in an announcement and change the beta sometime next week. Now, obviously, because it's been a, a bank holiday, uh, we haven't heard anything yet, so uh, I wasn't expecting to get anything today. Maybe get anything, something for Thursday. We don't know. Um, we just have it to wait. It runs and see. on Monday, doesn't it? Pardon? The beta expires on Monday, doesn't it? Twentieth. I thought it was. I thought it was the twenty-first. Well, anyway, um, we'll have to wait and see what there's what they say. They might change the beta for the last few days. Yeah. Um, well, on Friday the 17th of April, Frontier have decided to host a movie night. Uh, ben, you got more details on this? Well, it's basically Frontier, as you say, they're doing that. Uh, they put up a poll on their forums saying, what film would you like to watch? And we'll. Oh, I'm, I'm intrigued by this because they said they're going to open up their Discord for watching this film, which... Surprises me. I'd, I would have thought if I was going, if I were Frontier, I wouldn't open up my. If I were Frontier, I wouldn't open up my Discord. But I could, I could see them creating a brand new one. But we'll see. Um, I don't know what the results of the poll are, but the films, if I remember correctly, and I'm going totally by memory because you told I've got no notes on this. It's Jumanji, um, Star Trek from 2009, Ghostbusters 2, and. Oh, um, Jurassic World, Raptors, and things like that, yes. No, it's Jurassic World, not Jurassic Park. Right. Yes. That's interesting. Sorry, because that's all films. They've got licensed connections to, isn't it? Funny, that is funny. Well, apart from Star Trek, really. But they're all universal, isn't Star Trek universal? No, Star Trek's Paramount. Oh, God, I know that. Jeez. Yes, anyway. <laughs> so, until we get more information back from Frontier, I think everybody will have to wait and see what... Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, It'll be interesting to see what the logistics the are going to be like. Because um, yeah. usually when I've seen these film watch-alongs, it's always been, right, 
everybody go off and get Ghostbusters 2, right? And three, two, one, press play. <laughs> obviously, redistributing it on Twitch or something like that is very, very naughty. Are hmm. they going to let? Are they going to let you pause it to go to the loo and then come back or something like that? You know, when you have your well, friends around, go, you go and say, make you out of sync and everything like that. If everyone decides to pause it, pause yeah, it. Yeah, and yeah. claim that you log off, skied, and um, you know, publish salt about it. Yeah. <laughs> no, you just have to all just chat together in a big chat room next to the movie. Not two weekends in a row. <laughs> I mean, I've done some of these live talk-along things on Discord with the Expanse, and they've been a lot of fun. Are they going to allow webcams to film on the like reaction videos you see on YouTube? You know where reaction video for a film from five years ago. Well, actually, Star Trek's two thousand and nine, so that's that's ten years ago. But well, eleven years ago. Christ, I can't believe it's been eleven years ago since the JJ Star Treks. Yeah, really quite scary. Oh my goodness! Because it, it, to me, being an old person, I am. That that that, that feels just like you know only yesterday. a couple of years ago. Yeah. No, it's not, it doesn't feel like yesterday. I'm not that cliched, <laughs> but still. Oh. Anyway, well, uh, well, perspective. To, uh, how, how long has Live Radio been running? Nearly three hundred episodes. Was it twenty since twenty thirteen? Is it? Yeah, this is our sixth. No, this is our seventh year. Well, and that does just also feel like yesterday. Yep. No, it doesn't. This feels like it's been going on for uh, forever and ever, and uh, it never oh. stops. So, never. Uh, our resident monkey has gone off and told us that the beta is, is running until the 20th, by the way. Oh, so it is Monday. So, thank you, Norman. Terms and conditions apply. You never know, they might want to extend it. That's what the announcement might be. But uh, you do get the impression that they're getting an awful lot of feedback. Yeah, and some of it's good, some of it's bad. I mean, we'll, we'll come into the beta-y things in a, in a bit, I suspect, yeah? Mm-hmm, definitely. Yeah. Uh, right, well, moving on from there, we have actually had a, um, <laughs> a newsletter this week that came through. And I must admit, I'll have to... Um, put my hand up and say I've got a vested interest in this newsletter because I got a mention. Um, this is why you liked him. <laughs> I you know. It's, out and framed it. It's it's Bruce. It's it's he dropped me an email saying that he's really enjoying these sanctimonious stories that I write, and so there is a little uh, section. Uh, dedicated to the sanctimonious stories in the community section. So I'm a, I'm a bit chuffed with that. Mind you, it's well down the list because there's, there's obviously VECM at the top and then you get the Ooh. fleet carriers. <laughs> yeah, VECM was above the fleet carrier reveal. You, The fleet carriers weren't no. the, the headline As feature. As it should be, to be honest. Um, also, there's been a, a, a store spotlight. Um for the last four days, uh, I think we've we've missed it now. But there was a, a sale on uh, on the store, which was uh, quite nice. And we do have some new letters, stylings, and and uh, bobbleheads which have appeared in the store as well. But the letters so, are Tron sort of style, aren't they? There, yeah, sort and of I, neon. I love that kind of stuff. So um, I'm probably going to end up buying it as much as some people 
think buying arcs is a bad idea. Mind you, Ben, didn't you compare the original prices to the arc prices and got a bit of a surprise? I, yeah, I did. I mean, the price, if I remember correctly, I can't remember bobbleheads, but going again totally by memory, so I'm probably wrong. Hmm. If you went with pretty much anything apart from the cheapest um, I want to buy arcs thing, they were arguably cheaper than if you just paid cash for them. Um, yeah, because we were looking through some of the old prices and we were yeah. there going, I can't believe that we were paying £12.50 for a Chrome Viper. And, you know, so I mean, some of the prices were relatively scary. I know. And, you know, they're, I think it's like 2300 arcs or something like that, 2850 or something. And, okay, so some of the paint jobs that I was comparing them to, you can't get anymore. Uh, so, you know, they were, obviously, they were exclusive and timed, which is probably why they're £12. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yes, they were, weren't they? So, obviously, anything that's not exclusive, etc., is always going to be a bit cheaper, but... I thought the exclusive ones used to be a tenner when they first came out, because my wife own Cobra was um, a tenner. Uh, I've got... You're going to make me actually dig up my ancient notes again, are you? Yep. <laughs> I, think, no. I think Ben Seriously? was paying in Lavian dollars. I'm going to have to look up my bloody shirts again now, aren't I? Oh, Shan money. <laughs> Shan money is just like a couple of cents. No, so, Shan money is the stuff he doesn't pay his crew members when he fires them before cashing <laughs> in. Yeah, too right. I don't deserve to payment. Yeah. No, they're not, they're not worth it. Uh, right, do I have livery here on... Yes, I do. I'm, la- I'm landing on Miggle's fleet carrier just to have a look at these things, if I can see my liveries. All right, I'll just flip over. Yes, I can see. I can see you at uh, on Twitch now. Yep. So okay, and I've also got my notes up from last year sometime. So <laughs> right. So an SRV variant was. Let me just uh, get this a little bit so I can read the damn thing. <laughs> yeah, put on your old man specs. I do. I need my glasses now. It's getting embarrassing. Um. So you can get them with arcs as well. <laughs> yeah, that's something I don't agree with. Actually, they used to be free. Damn it! Oh come on, they practically are. That's just what twenty yeah. minutes popping about, and you and you. Yeah, but side twenty wider. minutes versus no minutes. So the Crate Mark II Iridescent Aura Paint Ship Pack is three pounds, or was right. three pounds. It's now three thousand two hundred and fifty arcs, and if you were to buy that at if you were to buy them at the twenty six eight hundred mark, that would only instead of being one pound three pounds, it's only one pound fifty eight. Uh, even if you were to buy it at the shittiest rate ratio, it would only be it would be one pound ninety four. So it yeah, is cheaper. Then. Ship kit, yeah, ship kit for a crate mark two was eight pounds. Arc cost thirteen thousand five hundred twenty. At the shittest rate, eight pounds and eight pence, and it gets better from there with the best. With the average sort of bang for your buck of six pounds fifty-five. Wow! So, frankly, for those who are pissing and moaning, I still think you're know, just pissing and moaning, basically. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It it was just um, uh, a surprise that we were actually paying that much for pretty basic skin 
packs later. I was almost I almost said skin jobs then because obviously I've been watching far too much Blade Runner. Oh, okay. I, I was oh, you were thinking oh. something else, were you? I was thinking also carbon. Uh, Although they call them sleeves in Austin Carbon. Yeah, I know the difference. Mm. I would have said sleeves. Ah, right, anyway, moving on from the newsletter, obviously um, there are some big things to talk about. Uh, it's been the first week of the fleet carriers. Now, uh, I was hoping that Superine would be with us tonight because he's he's got a lot of ideas of what he wants to do with his fleet carriers. But um, let's quickly go around the group and have your impressions of the first week. And we'll start with uh, Ben. My impressions of them haven't changed since FX17. They're not right. for me. Uh, but I can see I can see a case where they could be for somebody. But well, they're not for just, me, and I'm okay with that. Just to ask, I mean, you, you're not actually after one, but you no. would use other people's if you saw yeah. them. Apart from Shams, obviously. <laughs> Why? Because you'd go and do something irresponsible, like drop me in the middle of a neutron star. Or charge That's exorbitant it. fees to dock, that kind of thing. No, no, docking yeah. would be free. Undocking would be free. <laughs> It's the Hotel California of fleet carriers, Shan. Yes. Uh, but no, I'm actually on Miggles, and he's going to, at about in about an hour's time, apparently, he's going to be jumping straight from Lave over to Hutton. And, and I, I don't know if he's coming back or not, but apparently he's jumping straight to Hutton from Lave. So he's cool. orbiting Eden then, hopefully. Um, Miggles, answer us. Are you, are you orbiting Eden? Well, if you're going to Hutton, Eden is the nearest uh, yeah. nearest planetary body. I don't know if he'll be able to get in or not, but he did say he's heading over that way, so we shall see. Please please bring limpets, because we haven't got any at Hutton, and <laughs> please bring some big anacondas, because everybody knows that the uh, the free anacondas are definitely a myth. They're yeah, 100 he, he is aiming for Eden, yes, he's just answered. Uh, I'm actually... I hope uh, Miggles doesn't take offence. I'm not going to be on board, because... La- when I last week I was on Shan's fleet carrier when it did its jump out to um, Jackson's lighthouse. This time I want to be actually outside of the ship so I can record it or I can watch it flying off into into the distance because that's also very very spectacular. And mm. when I'm locked on board the carrier, all I can see is "Welcome to the JNC Arika Rara 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 Rara." Yeah, that was one thing that I didn't notice in the feedback is people wanted external views of the carrier as it yeah, jumped, even when you don't. right. I want to, I want to witness that because it looks amazing. Yeah, it does look amazing. Um, I I saw Malik's jump last week uh, <laughs> from after just managing to escape from it just before the show started, and yes, having it drop away is is quite impressive. Yeah. Um, has anybody actually been in a location when one's arrived? Well, I don't think you impossible? can be because they they create their own instance at the point yeah. they arrive, so well, they don't arrive at an, an unknown location. They create their location when they get there. So I I don't think that's possible. Oh, that's a shame because you know there's there's nothing more scary than in, just sat around in a combat zone and suddenly you hear something like capital ship jump point detected, yeah. massive friendship surge detected. That's the one. And, and, and then Karash says, I bring friends. Isn't that the one? That's yes. always the case, yes. 
It's, a, it's the one where you, where you end up wishing you'd brought the brown float suit. So, yeah. So, uh, as far as that's concerned, you're happy to dock at them then, Ben? I'll be happy to use and abuse them, um, so mm-hmm. long as they're not... And this is, this is where... So long as they're not taking the piss, basically. Uh, and, you know, that's arguably another whole kettle of fish that's... How does a fleet carrier owner get a profit if they can get a profit? If they're even meant to get a profit, they're not. They're not. Well, if you remember the interview last week, anyway, we'll come on. Right. Yeah. Well, okay then. So we'll we'll pop over to Shan. Right. Everybody, brace yourselves. No, I was I, I, I was actually going to say I wanted to I wanted to go uh, near last. I wanted to hear what the guests had to say first, and then. Because everyone gets fed up of me moaning all the time, so I thought I'd give other people a chance to give some comments, and then I would join in. So, yeah. So I'm going to defer. <laughs> oh, not to put any pressure on you, Dave. What, me? Oh. Yes. Um, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm very interested in them as, as a group, and as a very busy player group who do a lot of events together. They open up a whole world of opportunities for us to come up with new shenanigans. And we just finished the Hot Mess event, and mugged, you know, 55,000-something stations. Um, and we, we create events, we create reasons for these things to be used and uh, by, by player groups. So we, we, we put on stuff where they are absolutely invaluable and talking to other player groups as well as a, as a, a multiplayer activity and a support for creating events and in, interesting things, they're, they're fantastic. I mean, they're, 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 uh, there are definitely some rough edges. I mean, the major one being that you can't actually put a hut and mug on board one. Uh, and that's my minor axe. I'm going to grind about rares. Mm-hmm. Um, but we started up a little campaign on the uh, on the forums to try and drum up a bit of support. I think the, the community team said, "Look, if you really want it, get loads of people to explain why you really want it, and we'll put it in front of the development team." And so we've done that. Um, but but you know, from a, from a player personal perspective, I'm I'm not rich enough to own one yet. Not without selling all the all the iterations of the Shady Lady, um, and I don't want to because I spent ages engineering them all um yeah. i may well own one in the future and i i can i can picture things i'd want to do with them but with with you know loads of friends who are ridiculously rich in game um and very generous with it with their time and you know involving these their, their new possessions in events we, we've got a load of things we're looking forward to do i mean supporting uh, buckyball races and and planetary races for instance on on planets that don't have a station nearby um, so that you got somewhere you can actually repair and get some new SRVs is fantastic, <laughs> which means that they can go further afield and host at some of the really exciting locations further outside the bubble um, and have a refuel depot there and you can drop your ship off and get maybe um, if your Viper you stored on it earlier for a bit of racing. So there's support for that kind of player group. Um, obviously, the, the EIC and Hutton um I've been less pleased because obviously the, the no rares thing, but it doesn't stop us putting on events with, we fixed 10 stations in 10 days, for instance, and the, the guys fixing space stations, you can load one of these things up and then drop it right in front of a burning station somewhere nearby and yep. then dump the whole lot on it and start repairing stations. So there, there's a load of interactive content there that they open up. Um, and we're really looking forward to it. Um, we've put one in, in beta around Mitter and Hollow and just watch it going whizzing round and round and round the eyes, <laughs> trying to chase, playing chase the um, the fleet carrier because it's going way too fast around the planet. 
Um, so there's there's a lot of fun to be had. Um, they look beautiful. Um, and I, I think the, the game flow mechanics in terms of you've got one, you pay for the upkeep, you've got the crew, it opens up a new little bit of um, sort of gameplay, a new, a new path. If you think about your know, power play has little paths for how you play it and um, you know, the various aspects of the game have. This is, a, this is a new mechanic and a new path that needs some refining. And I'm, I'm not going to shy from that one. There's, there's some rough edges that need sanding off here. Yeah. Um, but I'm not against the idea of their, their cost and the principle of upkeep. I, I think the, that encourages you to make them useful. So you're not just buying one. And I think I mentioned it earlier in our, our, our private chat as a, a willy-waving exercise. Oh, I've got a tonking great big ship. Ah, what am I going to do with it now? I'm going to go back to my little chipolata because I'm bored. It, it encourages you to do something useful with it. If you put it somewhere where people need it, if you have a demand for materials or goods that people need, or you're selling something they need, and you think about it and you plan, and this is this is another thing, you have to plan to use it. You can't just oh, I feel like flying that today. No, you, you actually have to write, if I'm going to go on an exploration mission, I need to put loads of fuel in it. I need to send it on ahead so I've got a mobile base and then I'm going to fly out and follow it. So it, it's for those kind of people who like planning um, a, a, a gameplay, even if you're playing on solo you know, for, for yourself uh, and having to think about what you're going to be doing. Now, that doesn't appeal to everyone, but it it encourages people to come up with a management plan for this thing that, that is mm. quite interesting how am i going to use it if i want to go to sajay do i fly to sajay and then bring it out you know for a, a week or so or do i send it on ahead while i'm playing my normal game i just every now and then just make it jump again load it up with fuel and then i'm going to go join it uh, later and it's already got my spare ships on it to go and do the mining so i've, I've thought about this in advance and i can go and enjoy it and I can invite other people. That's the other thing. I can invite other people. Look, I've part one round Sajay, guys. Let's mm. use it as a base and have some fun. Mm. And that's where the excitement is for me. Yeah. I mean, obviously, when you refer to the rough edges, are you referring to the fact that, you know, um, the numbers of running it are a, a little bit out? Because I think everybody, I'm, I'm not quite so sure whether there's a consensus on this. I mean, for me personally, the 5 billion price tag feels about right. It's the upkeep that um, scares I mean, me. It's, 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 I mean, with the exception of explorers who are out there for 12 months, mm. and that's one of the rough edges I think needs looking at maybe, you know, cartographics, even at a fee or something, so that you, you haven't got one out there for 12 months with you and then realize you've run out of money. That's a, that's a rough edge. But for your day to day, if you can afford the five billion, if you can afford the five billion plus the upgrade costs, mm. you know you, you've quite clearly got a way to make quite a bit of money, and we all know where that is. It, it's you know, triple LTD spots and all sorts. If you can earn that, the extra for a whole year is not a scary number at all. If you're the kind of player who's gone the amount of time to get one of these things, that extra is—it's not quite pocket change, but it's pretty close. Unless you're planning on being out there for twelve months. Yeah, you see, yeah, you see, this is this is the thing for me, is that my the use case that I wanted to use my fleet carrier for was to, and I, I pardon, pardon the Star Trek terminology here, was to basically get a fleet carrier, park it somewhere out in the Gamma Quadrant, and that would be um, a fleet carrier out there for explorers to uh, to use as a base of operations, and start having a little sort of explorer area out there from what i understood from the figures that is technically i'd, I'd probably go broke within three or four months uh, and lose the carrier 
and unless that, that, people were docking at it, and unless you set your fees and your material stuff at appropriate prices. Yeah, I don't think there'd be enough through traffic in order to pay for it. Yeah, uh, rough edges. I'm, I'm not, you know, the like final said, prices, but I'm not against the principle of the the cost. Rough edges, maybe, maybe a 10, 20% shift here or there. Um, but I, you're not talking a wholesale change to take it down to 5% of what it currently is, because at that point, there's no point having an upkeep mechanic. Yeah, and no, I'm, I'm agreeing with you about the, the fact that there's. Uh, there's got to be some decent chunk. It's just that when you have a, uh, say, an exploration fleet carrier, there isn't the capability to generate enough to offset it, to offset the cost, uh, the running cost, yeah, I think. And this, this is where the beta is going to help with mm. um, refining these things. Obviously, they never have prices in beta been the prices they take through to live. That I can yeah. remember. They've, they've always they've always taken some adjustments. Yeah, the, there is one one interesting point to to say on that. Um, we do have uh, a quote from Commander Exgenius, <laughs> who, who who did a lot of number crunching. He's he's got this fantastic video um, where he went through the numbers uh, about how much it's going to cost you to. Um, uh, to first of all run it for a year and what we'd have to do to generate that amount of cash. Uh, and his conclusion, um, are we able to play that little clip? Well, should we, should we quote his numbers first and then play that? Or just put a link to the clip and quote the numbers? We've got the clip already clipped. <laughs> play the clip. I'll, I'll just... So, I mean, I've got his numbers just here. Um, so, he's saying total, uh, total, total cost of carrier and all services would be $6.3 upfront cost. Uh, then, with $144 million total weekly upfront cost, $7.6 billion total yearly upfront cost, Let's start with uh, giving you a first-year cost of $14 billion. The base price of five um, credits is but it's when, it's when you're adding in the modules and having to stock all that up that that's when it's starting to get really scary because it's like that's twenty six billion if you want to have your fleet carrier stocking all of that shiny good stuff. Well, see, that, that's that, that's the thing. I mean, say for instance, I, I had my go back to my exploration case. Mm. I won't need. Well, basically, I'll have a shipyard, yeah. but I don't see them having any ships there. But if you don't have ships there, then you can't park... If you don't have the shipyard, you can't park even your ships there. No, um, no, you still have a shipyard, but no, you okay. can have a shipyard that's empty. No, you need to pay $550 million to make it a fleet carrier. Otherwise, it's just a floating box. That's one of the rough edges that I, I do agree with that needs um, sanding off. Because if a fleet carrier can't carry fleets, then it's not a fleet carrier. Um, <laughs> yep. And uh, would you say the same for modules as well? Or do you think what, do you modules... mean, what, do you, what do you mean modules? Well, let's say I... Let's roll it back and pretend we had fleet carriers at Distant Worlds 2. And they said, right, we're going to be taking the fleet carrier sanctimonious for the sake of an argument to Sagittarius A, and we'll use that as a, mine, as a deep space mining support ship. Platform, right, okay, yeah. Um, 
Now, I would have gone off and found that ship. I'd have transferred all of my mining modules and mining ship into that ship, and then I'd have flown out to Sagay in my in my crate Phantom and done my explory stuff, gone there, and then I'd have gone off and basically kitted out. I'd have t- I'd have taken my I think it was my crates that I had kitted out as a as a small mining ship. My crate mark two that I had kitted out as a small mining ship, um, and I had a couple of different modules just sitting. That actually sh- shipped out to Sagittarius A, the the fleet carrier that got built there. Um, but I, I shipped all those things out. But I'd have put them onto a fleet carrier if I could have. Right, uh, Shan. Yeah, um, I just want to take a look at the mechanics because I think we all agree they can tweak oh, the numbers. Shan, should we keep with the numbers and then we'll play the clip and then we'll go into the mechanics if that's okay? Well. The... We we can do, I guess. It's just I'm I want to focus on the mechanics, but the numbers. So surely roll the numbers because we all know what they look like, I guess. But <laughs> apparently, that's a player who has in excess of forty billion credits, less than forty ships, less than one hundred and twenty modules. Plans what they do an hour in advance. Loves mining above all else. Has no job. Plays elite for eight hours each day and wants their own station to park in one place in the hopes someone may buy something from them at a loss. Okay, then, Shan, go. Yeah, thanks, uh, thanks, Colin. That was, that was uh, quick. Um, yeah, I just want to focus on the mechanics for a moment and also refer back to the interview um, Frontier gave us last week because it's very easy to get swept up in big numbers, 147 million pound of credits a week, 7.6 billion a year. And it's very easy to get hold of those numbers and get completely excited and rage about them. And I think Frontier have got the message about that, to be honest. So I'm not going to talk about the, the numbers so much. I want to focus more on the mechanics and, and what the interview was. One of the, there's a few things that stood out for me. First of all, it was the um, about the upkeep mechanic and also the fact that there's some kind of technical issue that prevents them from just mothballing a carrier. So you can't just mothball a carrier and bring it back. The asset has to be deleted to be cleared up. And so that's what drives the upkeep mechanic. Um, so which does let us allow such a little bit on, on the figures because the upkeep mechanic can't be so small as to not allow these carriers to be deleted and cleared up after a while. So I think if people are expecting it to go away, I think that's a bit unrealistic simply because they need to clear these things up. The, the second thing I thought was quite interesting was, I believe it was a quote from um, one of the developers, and they essentially said, they're not, we don't expect them to make the money back. So the way they've designed them at the moment, if well, you're Daffy said that, I thought it was Luke. But anyway, well, one Luke, of the developers, yeah. yeah, one of the developers said we're not expecting them to make the money back. So this idea of somehow fiddling the markets and putting them in clever places, I, they, unless they drop the the cost, they're not designed to make the money back. Which then is um, what what um, what twenty one just said. It then becomes about having a sugar daddy as a carrier who is prepared to pay for everything. Um, 
And the other mechanic I thought that was quite interesting uh, was universal cartographics. And people say, oh, just add it in, whatever. But what they implied on the interview was that it wasn't just a matter of putting a checkbox that says, oh, you've got universal cartographics now. They seemed to imply it was a development time needed on them. So they're the kind of mechanics things that stood out to me about that uh, that particular interview is that it ain't as easy as what people think of just getting rid of this and adding this. Um, now, the refueling mechanics quite interesting um, because I think people have worked out that, because I've tried jumping the carrier around and things like that, is you can't just load it up with fuel and tell it to go, right, 25,000 light years of range, right, I'll meet you at Colonia. You can't do that. You have to jump. You have to almost have to jump 500, within 500 light years of your carrier and bring the stuff back. So you almost have to escort it all the way. You just can't send it on its, on its way. Um, so I'm just going to pause here a minute and let um, other people jump in. Oh, can I just respond actually with a comment that Miggles sent to me in the game and he's saying, to counter Shan's point, if these things aren't meant to be able to be funded, why, sh why are they able to generate income at all? Yeah, and on top of that, Mac Winston's actually put out in a very interesting little comment. It's of, um, yes, you can clear them up, but you can clear them up, but don't clear them up in a player-punishing manner. Have a timeout. Uh, and if they don't log in within, say, three uh, X amount of time, delete the carrier and refund its full value. But while you're playing with it, then you have an update. And I think that's my my main, we talk about mechanics, about the whole upkeep thing, is it doesn't matter how much you dress it up. You are punishing players for, for better word, you are disadvantaging players who do not... Um, play elite Minecraft and when they don't log in. So basically, what the way the economy works at the moment, mining is by far and away the most profitable use of time there is. And people who say, oh, well, that's only a few hours mining a day or a week or whatever to do that. Well, that's fine. But if they change mining or if there's some mechanic which means it's not as profitable and they rebalance it, what are you going to do? True. So, uh, and, and, and also, just very quickly as I jump in, having the game that was such 30 years worth of lore and rich of universe and the galaxy simulation and all the wonderful stuff around it resorted to refine to, oh, I'll just shoot a few rocks with a laser and wait for the Olympics to pick it up. That's, that's a shame. Isn't that a shame? Well, I mean, the the main issue that I've got is that the, the 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 way things are at the moment is that the fleet carrier that the the way I want to use a fleet carrier is not really going to be possible. Yes, I could get it out there, but I wouldn't be able to explore while I'm out there. I'd be too busy back in the bubble mining just to keep it running while it's out there. It's oh, just the the thought of I mean, what's the point of having it out there in the first place? Um, I mean, on on the on the comment um, that you're saying, I didn't hear the comment from the devs about not paying for itself. Certainly, it would never earn its five billion back. Are, are we misinterpreting what they meant? Because you know, you can earn money off them. Admittedly, not just no. We were talking. We were talking about upkeep. It, it, the, the, the quote was about upkeep. Is they don't expect to keep the upkeep. 
You can't because yeah. you can't buy you can't buy ships and modules at Leong Yu and then sell them for full price plus a bit. So the, the actual margin you can make on um, on ships and modules, which are a huge amount of cost, and you can't just say oh, I'll have four class seven thrusters and three class seven drivers. You can't do that. You just have you have to buy them in packs of everything. So the actual potential to make money for modules and stuff is very, very limited. Because to be honest, Leon U space is usually only 15 minutes away from most places in the bubble. And I'm tight. I'm not going to go and pay full price for something if for the, if for the 15 minutes I can get it at 15% off. It's not enticing me to go anywhere to spend the extra on, on, the, on the carrier. And it's the same with commodities. To be honest, why would I pay extra for a commodity when something is, is so close by? So we'll see. We'll see. I'm still playing with the money making. I, I tell you, I tell you one that you would agree with. And those NPCs that keep docking with them, how come they get a free ride? We have to pay to land on the darn things. <laughs> I reckon we should tax the NPCs, and the more popular it is by the NPCs, there should be an income based on the NPCs freeloaders that they are. I yeah, completely I, agree. So yeah. yeah, if you could if you could have NPCs to help supplement the cost, then at least it's a passive income. But the other thing about the mechanics is you can't outfit the carrier with new stock. I'm talking about modules and stuff, not commodities. But there's you, you have to be in the system where you a carrier system to do all that. You so you can't you can't leave a carrier stuck somewhere in the bubble and you'd be out in the middle of nowhere because it has you have to move it back to the system to get restocked and yeah i'm just not sure how much of this you can put down to uh tweaks they seem to be quite fundamental things yeah i mean it's if you back in the early days of the um when we were looking at the bgs we, we were looking at right what things actually count as positive and negative action so if you're spending money in a station <clears throat> did it count you know if you were if you were restocking rebuying a ship buying stuff from there were those counted as positive actions um because you were spending money and therefore injecting cash into a station now it turns out that wasn't a mechanic that was introduced years ago um it would have been a lovely mechanic um because then this station is affected not just by the commodity market or um the uh, universal cartographics but by the money spent in a station um obviously those items are aren't tied to um and you know the the value of a or the value or the the wealth of a system or station and if they aren't for that then they can't be for fleet carriers because you, you're right that underlying mechanic doesn't exist yes i i don't know i'm i'm struggling with them personally uh, i mean i can afford them and i can afford to run them for even the current prices for shall we say quite a while but the the other thing is is that in almost any mmo there are, there are vanity items you know the, the, whether it's a legendary arm or the legendary weapon or the glowy mount or whatever there's something that players look at and think oh wow i really want that i'm going to grind for it and i'm going to get it and then people think i'm wonderful you know this is something players aspire to the willy waving oh, well. that we, i was yeah 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 earlier. yeah but for me with a carrier if if the stages as they are if someone jumps in and sees a carrier I'm not going to go, oh, wow, someone's rich enough to get a fleet carrier. I'm going to go, what a plonker for wasting all their money. Uh, that, and that can't be right 
for a, an item that you say part of it is for that vanity value to make people think what a what, what a twit for spending all the money on that. It doesn't tell me how rich they are. You know, it's like it's like the gold toilet. You think, well, yeah, you can get a gold toilet, but uh, stupid. Right. Well, let me just put this in because um, you personally, Shan, might not think that they're any good. Uh, but there are player groups out there that do want a fleet carrier, at least one fleet carrier in their group. And it's not a case of them uh, saying, oh, right, we're just doing this to show off. We've, they've got ideas of um, how, they're going to, how they're going to use them. And I'm not dissing that. I, I, what I'm saying is the, one, of the, one of the reasons why you have high-value items in a game, and I believe part of the reason why they made them uh, solo-ownable, because what the 21 was saying... <clears throat> hang on, hang on, hang it, on. Who asked for them to be solo-only? I remember somebody saying, oh, um, I asked something at a, a bar in Leafcom about them being solo-only. Well, I, my point was, if you make them squadron-only, then whatever limit you have as the number of people in the squadron, you can just recruit your friends, pay them a bit of money, buy the carrier, so it becomes a pointless exercise to have them squadron-based because of it, it's easily circumvented. But I'm not dissing people who find a use for them. I'm just saying the use case does not outweigh the, the amount of time, effort, and money that you put in them. And also, you, most of the examples I've heard can be done just as well on Discord or kept within the jump of the bubble. It's, I don't know. I'm struggling to find a use case for them, but I think that's worth 14 billion of someone's time. Well, I mean, yeah, I think we can all agree about the, the fact that everyone's looking at the price tag and going, uh, okay. I mean, I, d- I don't know, but I, I don't think I've come across one person who sort of said, yep, that's fine, but oh, Ben. So I do have one potential use case uh, as offered by Cold Czar. Mm-hmm. And he's saying, he wants to get one, leave it empty, give it an obscene or insulting name, and park it somewhere. So the ultimate trolling fleet carrier. Yeah. You know, he'd go off and park it in the middle of Hutton Space and say, and call it Lave Radio or something like that, say. Uh, the decommissioning. <laughs> would be mean, wouldn't it? Yeah, the decommissioning aspect raises an interesting question because if you pay real money for a fleet carrier skin paint job, whatever they call it, and that's then deleted, but you paid real money for it, yeah, I'm not sure I've about the legality that, for it. I've raised but, that point last week with them because that was one thing that I didn't like because you know you spent I don't know how much it's going to be for a, a paint job or a ship kit and then you don't have access to what you bought it for and no we're not going to have any fleet carriers around Leaf Station called the VNC Biggest Dickest thank you so what was the answer to that question then Colin <laughs> well the, no, hang on. The, the thing was, I was actually agreeing with you that the, the prices at the moment just seem to be too much. Well, I'm trying but, not to focus on prior on the mechanic. This, this thing of buying something, it being taken away, and you not being able to use something you paid real money for. Is that what you asked about? Well, I'm also, also wondering why the heck we're bothering to be honest, because it seems this is the first major piece of content that we've had on this game for, well, a for veteran players for 18 months. 
excluding, of course, the interstellar initiatives. And as soon as it's turned up, everyone's just ripped it apart. And you do wonder whether or Some not... Some people have ripped it apart. There, I, I know plenty of people that are enjoying them thoroughly in the beta. The thing is, I don't want to rip them apart, and I'm hoping I'm coming, because I can see positives in them. Well, what are I'm the positives, part- Sean? Because we're not hearing any. But, uh, go on, I had my whole section earlier on the positives. In terms of player agency and, and, and groups and enjoyment and events, that is one significant aspect where long-term players who are together with others can enjoy themselves and put them to good use. Yes, the solo player mechanic is leading people to get a, a little bit salty, should we say, about the pricing. But um, for, for, for those of us that enjoy the company of other people and, and can put stuff together to have fun with and publicize it and share that information out with the community, it, it's a great asset. And it supports, it supports events. It supports um, creation of reasons to use them that aren't totally artificial. They are for, they're for racing. They're for fixing stations. They're for supplying, you know, curing famines. Therefore, I mean, I'm just, I'm just seeing messages well, in, our, in our in our um, there's a, a hut and chat going on for um, finishing up the hot mess, and there are a couple of stations that are in um, certain states, which mean we can't finish the hot mess. Tell you what, one of these, drop that on it and spam the heck out of the commodity market of the local station to fix it. You've got something interesting and enjoyable to do, and it, it supports those kind of activities. However, for your solo player who wants to go out exploring or just wants one and generally pay for the upkeep out of their own activity, I will agree it is expensive. For the others, it's it seems perfectly you know, reasonable and a good a, a good thing to have, you know. Um, it, it's so, uh, so, as a question, so as a question for anyone, I'm, I'm genuinely interested in this. So, as a question, how many player groups are thinking in the same as you, or, or how many? Because Hutton is a very big player group, very organised and very, you know, it's what you're known for. And well, obviously, the big two, the Anti Xeno Initiative, they're um, going through. Uh, they're planning on their Discord at the moment how they're going to get one and what they're using it for. Obviously, Operation Canon Interstellar, yeah, yep. are, are in the same position. Obviously, they've had a pseudo fleet carrier for a while with the uh, Gnosis, um, <laughs> so uh, they've they've got things as well. And they, you know, they, these are, these are large groups that are very popular and well attended, not just within their own players, but also people visit the Gnosis as an example or go and join in AXI when they feel like doing that at that point in time. So th- these, and this is just a, a carrier doesn't preclude that. They can jump on Discord. They can, you know, it's, it's kind of like, I don't know, I'm, sure, I'm trying to find the use for them. Why? Hang, right, on, hang on, hang you on. Cannot, you cannot dock a carrier using Discord. You cannot dock it. Do that's to. all in game. You can't load it up with the materials that you need to fix a station. You can't load Discord up with. Um, <laughs> yes, you, know, you the, can organise it. You can say. You can say, you, you can say. I'll meet us in this system in an hour, and we'll all we'll all dump it together. It's the same. Yes, but Shan, what was one of the biggest problems that AXI had fixing ships out in the Pleiades? Is the fact they didn't they were having to take stuff all the way from the bubble. Out to the Pleiades. They don't need to do that now. It was no. a complete ball ache to do that. We, I said, having fixed 10 in 10, I, it was a mammoth effort to load up the Type 9s, get the right materials out there, and then unload them. And there were so many jumps needed. It, it, it makes a huge difference to player groups like that. So that's an interesting question in, in chat uh, by A. White Buff. The player factions have been diminishing rapidly. Do you think having a carrier would bring them back? And for how long do we think it'll bring these player groups back? Just 
just a question. It, it depends on how creative the team behind that player group and that squadron are, to be fair. Yeah, I think, it. to tell you the truth, um, it's an incentive. I mean, that's one of the, the ironing out issues that I, that I would want addressed is the fact that how to make them more relevant to player groups so that, you know, player groups could help out with with maintaining the costs somehow. I'm, I'm not quite so sure how they can, but they can't do it with the present mechanics. We know that. But it would be, it, I know that the anti Xenia initiative would, would love to be able to have their members just drop a couple of thousand, a couple of million credits in just to keep it running. It's, it's not, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's the case of not being able to transfer the money up, about. That's the, Sorry, it's the case. It's a case of once the, the once you put money into the carrier, you can't take the money out. If you see what I mean, you know. Same with it, you can deposit the the fuel. But we're yeah. already looking at you know you get you get a wing out mining, you get a T nine full of um, LTDs, you give it to the owner and say, there you go, mate. There's there's some pennies. You've got an evening's gameplay playing with other people, or you go to a war zone and you earn money. You know, like with Tyrant forty nine five. And, and you go and blow things up for ages, and you you got some money um, in a wing, or you can go mining, drop the guys some some void opals. I mean that that will pay for a heck of a lot of upkeep. Four players, load yourselves up, have an evening fun gameplay, and then all of a sudden your group's contributed to your carrier because the guy's richer and can then put the money. And we're the back to elite Minecraft again, aren't we? That's the, the no, elephant that's, in the room. You going, you going, you going, it's not. I've never played Minecraft, but it, it, it's not. It's not Minecraft. You're playing together to achieve an aim, and you use the mechanics you're provided to do so. And if the mechanics mean you have to go mining together and you know put some money into the person who's paying for your fun because he's got the mega ship and you want to go do stuff with it, then you're talking about cooperative endeavor. And I don't see that as Minecraft at all. I see that as just fun. I mean, Minecraft as in digging a hole. For the, anyway, the. The thing is that you're relying on someone else. You're, 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 you're not actually making use of the carrier. You're relying on someone else to buy it and trust you to... So, I don't know. As I say, I'm still trying is, to find is that, you. is that because you've got a trust issue with other people having to rely on other people in this game? Part of it is, if I'm being... Because I'm, I'm trying to be honest with myself and about this. Part of it is, it's not that I don't trust people. It's that if I had a carrier and I'd say, right, this is the Lave Radio carrier and I'll set it up and I'll run it and stuff like that, I would feel as though I'm um, putting a burden on other people to do stuff they may not enjoy just to keep this thing going. Does that make sense? Okay, can I give you an example of the kind of event off the top of my head I'd craft for Lave Radio? You do this radio show once a week, Yeah. And mm-hmm. you've got a load of commanders here in the Discord channel and, and followers and listeners and watchers across the various channels. It's not beyond reason to say, right, we're going to broadcast from the fleet carrier in the X system this week. And you're creating, right, we're going to have it ready for the radio show in whatever system that is, maybe relevant to your guests or your subject, and encourage the players that are here. I'm, I can see hundreds of them in the Discord um, here. Encourage them to take part. Let's get let's get you know the radio station broadcasting from Erevate or uh, God knows you know what I mean, uh, and, and you've, you've instantly created something where your live radio enthusiasts can take part. And yes, one person has to take responsibility for this week's radio carrier, but you've got something people can do that keeps them engaged with the game, and not just going out there. Oh, I'm going to get another 
another void opal. I've got another void opal or blow another ship up. So you're creating content based around the activity that you guys already do. I mean, you, you create this content every single week and you can tack a fleet carrier and some operations onto it. My, my thought around that is, though, is I, 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 sorry for jumping in, but I'm just trying to work it through in my head. Because um, is my thought is, is if we're going to meet an error rate system, lay radio, why do I need a carrier there? If we can say, oh, be on this week for lay radio at half past eight, we're all meeting in the error rate system. If you want to join in, meet us there. Well, to be fair, you could you could run this radio show without having anything in game, and it would work. But what I'm talking about is creating um, content. We're making an event to do. Yeah, you're making an event, and and you're creating something that people can get behind and get enthusiastic about. You know, they they love this show, they love the principle of Lave and the whole Lave Independent thing. For instance, when, when loads of people battling to keep Lave Independent, you created an event around it and around the location and your you know your rare goods, um, as as we do, and it, it it's a thing that you have a vehicle here to create, and and that makes it interesting, and it gives people a focal point. And, and that focal point's needed to drive some people. Not everybody's as creative as, you know, you, you guys are with a radio station or, you know, AXI are with their anti-Zeno stuff. But if those people are out there creating stuff, you know, it's the, it's the old Wayne's World thing, you know, put it on and they will come. So, so you're, you're contributing to other people's fun. People have suggested that we move it to the other side of Tiso. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I... I was going to ask another question. The graveyard and park it into right. The okay. What we're going to do? What we're going to do? Because this is we're going to run out of time, and uh, there are other things to talk about. Believe it or not. Sorry, um, so can I ask one more question? If you'd no, that. because I want Ben to go next. Then you can ask your question. Okay. Uh, then we'll have one final point from Dave, and then we'll wrap it up. So Ben, do you want to go next? I, I I'm okay. I actually interrupted with what I was going to say anyway, with the whole. <laughs> um, with that, with that, we're basically we would use it to create an event as as Dave was looking for words. <laughs> okay, sorry, um, David was looking for words. Okay, then, Shan, go ask your question. Okay, question for the question for the week, I guess, is would Frontier have been better spending the development time on something else oh. and and ditch fleet carriers? I'm not expecting an answer now, but I'm just thinking it the time no simple answer no fleet carriers in my opinion are a test bed for things that are coming later they want to iron out player markets they want to iron out i don't know little things like base building before a certain other larger product comes out later this year so you're assuming then and i think a reasonable assumption you're assuming that if we do get base building, they will mirror the mechanics of. I think they'll build carriers. upon them on the mechanics and the uh, lessons learned. Yes, and then for technical- dipping a toe in the water on on that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, I I, I would say that this isn't in isolation. This isn't a, a single thing, and this is speculation on my part. But yeah, it's it's a stepping stone towards other things potentially, and development behind this could well be development for future things we don't know but that that, in my view it would make sense that this was a stepping stone rather than a a power play you know you launch it and then you leave it alone yeah i i I agree that and with with that in mind one there's a few things that concern me uh, about mechanics is first of all if the if the technical debt is so great 
we have to have this deletion mechanic because otherwise the game breaks. That speaks to me as something kind of inherent, and that makes me worried for bases because it it means your whatever technical thing there that's stopping the carriers hanging around will also be there for the bases hanging around. I know it's speculation, but yeah, well, this is one thing that I mean we've gone over this before, and we I thought we were all under the impression that they're actually reworking the engine at this moment in time. And the main issue that the, the one of the main issues that they've had in the past is persistence. And if you are going to to put persistence in, they've had two years to put this together. So well, two, actually, more it's two and a half years by the time it comes out. They, they will have put more mechanics in there. It, I don't think they're going to have the same engine that we're having to deal with here. They'll be able to handle um, the proper instancing and the proper uh, permanent bases in, instead of having basically this technical issue. <laughs> I thought we came to the conclusion that um, that one of the reasons this was taking so much longer was because they were re-engineering and refactoring the systems so that uh, the technical deck was being wiped out. So why not why not have the fleet carriers when they don't need to have that? Why not? Because why for, the not? La- for the last two years, we have had people going, when are fleet carriers are coming? Fleet carriers are cancelled. Fleet carriers are cancelled. No, fleet carriers aren't coming at all. They've had that battered over them for the last two years. You know, if just imagine that they had turned around uh, uh, at, at the end of last year and said, actually, fleet carriers are cancelled. Just imagine at the salt, and just imagine the, the amount of people just say, right, okay, that's it. They made that promise so long ago that, you know, they, they had to commit to it. But if they had actually announced what 2020 was going to be earlier, and say, we're bundling fleet carriers in there because, hey, we can make it better and better, I think, then that might be a message they could have sold. But I think we're getting off track here. But that's kind of what I was just thinking is, okay, how does this all fit together in the scheme of things? Because you're absolutely right, uh, 21 and Colin. It, this isn't a standalone. This is something, this is part of something, you know, this is part of a, of a longer game to, uh, to be thing. Hang on. How come you're crediting them with saying what I just Because <laughs> we blame you. We're definitely blaming you. Can I, can I talk about the, the most exciting thing I've seen, though, by the way, in this update that we yeah, haven't mentioned on, yet? Then. Go the on. queuing for CQC. Oh, everybody's loved that. Yep, that uh, is a, a sneaky work of genius has just been slid in under the radar there, and um, it's great. Yeah, I, I wish they had actually put that in the uh, in the actual patch notes because um, I was watching Malik when he, he was he was doing this uh, his evaluation of the of the first fleet carriers, and then all of a sudden he, he just sort of said. And your CQC queue is ready, and and everybody who was wanting the channel went, what? They've they've done something for CQC, and um, I, I do know that the the CQC Discord's gone ballistic over that. They're incredibly happy. <laughs> yeah, and there's a, there's a lot of people who um, were put off in the early days by the long queue times that are going to be drawn back into that, and they they did say and imply many many times that the CQC was going to get no love. There was going to be no more coming for it, and that was the implication. And then just sneaky this in, um, yeah, that's a that's a great change. Yeah, 
sorry to hijack the fleet carriers bit with stuff that's not fleet carriers, but you know, I, I was excited. <laughs> there's there's more in there alongside the bug fixes, including. Yeah, it was almost like the and finally thing from Apple launches, wasn't it? You know, Apple <laughs> used to say and. I thought that and was Colombo. One more thing, you know. Ah, oh, one more thing was the Apple one, wasn't it? Oh, right. was it Columbo? I can't remember. Oh dear, with that old, we can't remember what Steve Jobs said or what Colombo said. Never mind, they're both dead. Anyway, um, oh, I went dark there. I do apologise. You we did. Were, I thought you were taking. You're, 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 you're taking a deep breath, ready for your next bit. <laughs> no, because we're going to go to the lighter side of things, aren't we? All right, we'll be. Yeah, everybody's saying one more thing was Colombo. No, and, no, and and finally was news at ten. Trevor McDonald, yes, and yes, finally. it was Trevor McDonald. It was always a and finally we have a bunny in a in, in a, a bath. That that'll be an acid bath. <laughs> oh, God, I thought just... it was on a pot on the stove, but anyway, uh, I can't mention bunnies at all, can I? Right, <laughs> Dave. One of the reasons why that you you are here is because something happened to you over the weekend. And uh, yeah, a lot of <laughs> a lot of things happened over the weekend. Now, obviously, virtual ECM. Um, it's an absolute. Oh, hang on a second. Getting alert. Uh, you know what? I think we might take a a break. Have a have a five minutes to recover from the fleet carriers, uh, and and then come back with virtual ECM. Yeah, we, we absolutely. I I don't mind. I don't, we've even got a special advert that isn't even recorded or given to Venturi yet. <laughs> it's not five minutes long, though. I'm sure Norman can find some way to make it a bit long. Does that mean five five minutes from now? <laughs> Have I got time to go and get some more gin? You 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 you, you, you can do your bit, and we can have another. We can we can do another thing, and we can we can find gin. Oh, or do you? Or do you just tell me when you want your other advert, or or whether to banish me for some gin to prepare me oh, for the next? Which would you prefer? Would you prefer to? Would you prefer your gin before your thing or after your thing? Oh, after my thing, because otherwise I won't be able to see. <laughs> In that case, then, unless Colin wants otherwise, take it away. Twenty-one. New and available only from Lave Station. The latest in tarting for you and your fleet carrier. My husband Ken's a whiz with his big roller, and my wife Barnes loves cleaning up after him with white spirit. If you want to turn your fleet carrier, carrion red, or your mobile docking pad potent purple, come see Eddie Lee Wise and sons, plus my daughters, at Lave Station. This is a public service announcement from the Fuel Rats. Please stop what you're doing and pay attention. If we can rescue you, we will. But you can help us help you by following these easy steps. 1. Fly 50 light seconds or so from the system's main star and drop out of supercruise. 2. Note down the current system and the nearest stellar body. 3. If you're on emergency life support, log out immediately. 4. Go to fuelrats.org and click Get Help. 5. Stay calm, 
hold your breath, and let our seasoned professionals do what they do best. The Fuel Rats. We have fuel, you don't. Any questions? Space can be lonely. But sometimes, that's just what you want. Choose your holiday. The gas giants of Alioth. Partying the night away in Yorkville on Aquila. Or even, go back and find your ancestors on Earth. The Rockforth Corporation makes your holiday special. And will let nothing disturb you. And welcome back. Now, as I mentioned before um, that ad break, um, virtual ECM happened over the weekend. Now, um, there's been an awful lot of uh, events happening, and while Dave is off um, oh, recharging, no, oh, he's he's back with his gin glass. That's excellent. Um, <laughs> the, the cabinet's just just by the side of the uh, the office. <laughs> so, how was it? <laughs> well, it felt like ECM. Honestly speaking, it was, I mean, it was phenomenal hard work. Uh, it was enormous fun. Raised loads and loads of money for charity. In fact, more than we've ever raised before. But, um, I mean, we were we were heartbroken. Wow, we've we raised more than ever before? More than we've ever raised off a real oh, ECM. that is awesome. That is amazing. The, 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 the basic principle was, I mean, we, we were, when we had to make that call with the venue to say, nah, this isn't going to happen, we'd put three months' work into crafting the event and we'd moved to a non-hotel venue we've had to make a load of changes to make the event bigger we sold out in three weeks every single ticket gone and then we had to can it and we just um, we had some chats i was talking to mr cow and mr moof and eddie who was putting all his work in on the you know uh, boots on the ground actually with the with the venue and we were utterly utterly heartbroken to have to cancel it and then we had a few chats and i had an hour and a half long chat with moof about well we, we we could do this can we can we you know move it all online? Can we just ditch the venue and still have something that felt like ECM that many of us have been to over the last few years? Um, not not a stream like a charity stream where you tune in and watch, but something where you can actually take part and it has that social feel about it, which is the the distilled bit of you know some of the other events that we love. You know, the hang around the bar and play games. No panels, you know, no interviews with devs. Just a bunch of people getting together to have fun. And at the end of it, money ends up in the charity tin. I mean, you've been, uh, yeah, Ben, you've been to you've been to an ECM, and I think Colin, you came to. Oh. Were you? I arranged the Birmingham I, one. Uh, yeah, Birmingham. Let's see. Yeah, yeah, Birmingham, the original Manchester one, uh, the other Manchester one, and of course the one down in Bristol. So yeah, I mean, and it's it's grown every single year. So last year we had 180, well, supposed to be 180 people. I think it ended up being 100 and. 86 we went over our limit the year before was 150 the year before that was 90 odd you get the idea so it's grown every well we've set ourselves a hard target for next time so we um we canned it we decided we we're going to do the real thing and we thought well what can we put on on saturday that's just like the real thing obviously the main stage is a big bit of it so it's the you know cow and the quiz it has been the artemis room playing mm-hmm. with the bridge crew it's been the hutton live in the evening and that's the main stage stuff yeah, we can do that remotely. We, we do it every Thursday, same as you guys do every Tuesday with this. But we then looked at 
okay, but we've got to get people interacting and playing games. So we went through the list of all the games we normally play. So we looked at, you know, Paige Harvey playing Gang Beasts and beating everybody up and slapping them around, getting the controllers out of their hands so that she could win. We looked at the Docking Dance. We looked at uh, EDRPG from the table. And we, we steadily sort of got the Roll20 together for the EDRPG. And we got um, Spider-Man as a DM, but also Wishblend as a DM for an evening session. We spoke to Drew. And um, he wanted to do something based on Original Elite. We spoke to some of the other streamers as well. So we had Psyche and Psychic come and join us and say, well, look, you've got communities of people. We can now open it up to absolutely everybody. Do you want to interact with your community, but do it as part of our Saturday of let's all get together? And the answer was yes. So we, yeah, we got up at, or we were all up at about seven in the morning swapping messages. We've been selling raffle tickets. Of course, we could sell raffle tickets globally instead of just to the attendees. Um, we had to cut down the prize packs a bit because, you know, 150, uh, one every 30 seconds in person is one thing, but a, a two hour raffle stream is a painful thing. So we had to cut that back a tiny bit, but then the prizes got better and bigger because we picked the, the larger money can't buy things. We opened up at 10 o'clock in the morning and the discord went absolutely nuts. Um, that was our text chat channel. So we had a room for each of the games set up a bit like tables at an event or stands at an event. And then we mirrored that over on the team speak so everybody could chat. And we had our usual team. It was about 12 hosts. Um, the organizing teams, you know, it's not just, it's not just cow and move and, and me. There's a big team behind it as well. You know, we've got the litho breakers, we've got Morpheus, we've got, you know, asylum. We had rampage. And one of the other things we want to be more inclusive. So we had rampage in charge of Xbox and we had all crows of black in charge of PS4. So we could drag those communities in as well, which previously we found hard because we only had one or two PlayStations actually at the event previously, but we wanted to cater for everybody. We opened up, we put it on, we went to Flossie's house in Second Life. We all got our T-shirts and badges and danced under a disco ball. We went to Amelia's house in VR and smashed her house with catapults and bows and arrows in uh, Oculus Home. And then we got on to games and the rest of the day passed in a blur. Honestly, an absolute blur. I mean, Ben, you, you kidnapped my son at one point and ended up um, flying Pulsar with him. This is kidnapping he... with permission, but yes. Yeah, kid, before, kidnapping before, with permission. Before but... I get arrested, something annoying like that. No, he was. I needed to take a break to go and write the script for the evening show, so I handed over my PC to my son and said, just just go play Pulsar with Ben. And he did, and loved it for an hour. Yeah, it was a what, very what good character. Us... Very well behaved. But what staggered us, if you looked at it, I mean... We looked at the number of sort of unique viewers on Twitch, and we're talking about 1,200 people over the day. We had capacity for 250 on the original. We looked at the Discord. We had capacity for 250. We had 400 on Discord. And across the board, there were more people taking part, and there were just the, the this is so much fun for everybody. We've been stuck at home. We've not been able to play with, e you know, with each other as much as maybe we should have done. We've not been able to go to the pub with friends. We managed to create that atmosphere of getting together at a venue just with no venue. And and that was staggering to see. And the community brought it with them. They brought their own games that we we never even thought of playing. And they took part in everything. They watched everything. And and you know, Frontier came for an hour in the morning and thought they'd be around for a little bit and ended up staying and playing for ten hours across the day. Playing chess against you know King Hanky, playing docking darts with Splendor. He set up two webcams in his garden, pointing at the docking darts board that you'll all know from the you know um Lavecon event as well. He actually set yeah. that up with two webcams and people were telling him, no, go high with that one. And he was throwing the darts on their behalf and keeping score. So we replicated absolutely everything we could do in person, but online. 
We then held the raffle and it went absolutely nuts. We normally, well, last year we raised just over £4,000. Um, the year before was a little bit more because the venue was cheaper. Um, and we looked at the number at the end of it. And I think, I don't have the exact number from Mr. Moof, but it, it's it's the £6,300 mark. And this is wow. without Russell, you know, raising 600 quid off making dog tags and whatever. This was just pure ticket donations from generous people. And we gave away some great prizes as well. And Move programmed a whole new um, raffle uh, drawing and booking system. We had a couple of rough edges, a bit like the fleet carriers. And <laughs> we, we had an absolute riot. And the, the feedback we've had afterwards is, do we need to do the physical thing again? Can't we just do this one again next time? Um, it's no substitute for getting together with your friends, but I tell you what, it, it was as much work. I was exhausted at the end of it as I would have been at the physical event. We then stayed up playing Cards Against Humanity till three in the morning, drinking an awful lot, like we would do normally. And we got up on the Sunday morning, and the messages going around the crew chat was, I'm as broken as I would have been if we put the real thing on. And that almost is a testament to how much fun it was and, um, yeah, how, how engaging it was throughout the day. So I'm waxing a lot of lyrical on this one. But it's a, yeah, it's a big thank you. And the sponsors got involved. You know, Spider-Mind came and hosted a session, and HCS gave us a video and, and signed photos of their um, their stars. And um, you know, we had Tin Man Games again. It's their fourth year they've supported it as well. And obviously mm. Frontier, you know, as our hosts, they were going to be paying for lunch um, on the original one, but they weren't able to. But they took part massively and donated some great things to the, the charity raffles. So it was... Yeah, it was it was just phenomenal fun for a lot of people. I mean, I I dropped by for a couple of a uh, couple of things. Obviously, Paige beating up some truckers in in uh, in gang beasts. That was a laugh. Uh, and um, also, I had to stick around for a bit of the raffle and also to make sure Buck put some clothes back back on. <clears throat> Um, you were involved he did a little take bit. Them off again later on the show, which scandalised the um, the frontier team somewhat. Poor, poor Tim, the look on his face—we could see it over the camera when he realised what was going on with Hutton's top trucker broadcast at what was it, about half nine in the evening. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> yes, <laughs> poor Tim. <laughs> I think that's what we should refer to. I mean, we've got the Brucey bonus. We've got Stephen, 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 Stephen. I think just poor Tim from now on well i mean bruce bruce and tim and will were there in the evening um a love, lovely team it was lovely to meet them actually having them on camera as well and chat to them face to face albeit more than two meters away mm. and um they they were they're a lovely team Stephen, unfortunately was due to join us he he wasn't very well over the weekend and he um he wasn't able to join us but he was keeping up today on on discord and stuff and um just gave a big thank you this morning over over messages he's feeling a bit better apparently um, but he was due to join us. The dastardly Don was there in the morning. So yeah, it was um, very involving for their, their new CM team. Um, right. Uh, ben, I mean, do you want to uh, go through what you, you helped out with? Yes. I mean, as Dave mentioned, I was doing, oh, I was playing some Red Dead Redemption in the morning. Um, unfortunately, that wound up being mostly with myself because, yeah, as David said, we went off and fired up a bunch of different rooms. And... I was like, right, well, I'll go off and I'll start playing Red Dead Redemption. And I had about three. I had a few things to give away to folks if they showed up. But basically, I think when I looked in the channel, it looked like basically everybody was uh, playing. I think there was a bunch of people playing Cards Against Humanity, a few people playing chess, and pretty much everyone else at the time when I had time to play Red Dead was playing. Uh, was just nattering away. 
Oh, um, no, you see, that, because we had the other bits going on on the other channel. So we had the Sea of Thieves, and we had a yeah. massive CQC bash going on as well. Yeah, so that, yeah, you're right. There was a massive, massive CQC thing. Um, so I, I was like, I want to join in that CQC thing, but I did say I was going to play Red Dead and Pulsar. It's like, shh. But that, that's one of the things when you're volunteering for all these things, you're standing in the room, and sometimes you're standing in the room by yourself. Something else became more tempting, yeah, and and yeah, that is always um, that is always the way because you know people gravitate in little groups towards things, yeah, and we we yeah, we do appreciate you know everybody who put things on, and we 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 had our hosts, you know, Sean and um, Pete Wotherspoon and those guys all going around into the various rooms saying, hey, it's fairly quiet in there. Do you guys want to come and do insert whatever it is here? So we were we were actively talking to people and you know encouraging them into current activities that and our streamers because it wasn't just yeah. our mainstream it was it was co-streamed they weren't hosting us they were running their own events so psychic and psyche and drew and i mean there were loads too many too many to mention there, there was the cortez racing guys from the buckyballers and all of these events overlapped with each other so if you wanted to do something there was so much you could really do was. Uh, and i have to i've not been able to see the raffle i have no idea if i won anything because uh, at that, while the raffle was going on, I was in the middle of playing uh, most excellent uh, game of EDRPG with Witchblend. And lovely things come out of that is actually we've we've all agreed if we can find time, we're actually going to continue Witchblend's campaign as well. Um, so that's it's not it's not just for a day, as it were. That's always a good sign of a good GM. That is when you you're <laughs> left uh, left with a, a a cliffhanger or. You just feel the story's not done, and you want to carry on. I, th I think that's a, a uh, wish. Wishblend is a, is a legend of a GM. Yeah, um, she Wishblend is. Is, is phenomenal, and, and also an ambassador, I think, for yep. um, EDRPG. So yep, on the EDRPG Discord, ambassador. yeah, um, um, Spider Man ambassador. So um, Wishblend's very active on that and very experienced with EDRPG. Which, yeah. which so she's awesome, and the adventure she ran was really good fun as well. Um, but it did mean I've got I've absolutely no idea how I even checked if I want anything. <laughs> but the time the time went so 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 quickly, and um, I mean team effort. There are way too many people to name to remember everybody and not forget somebody and offend them. But I mean, there was there was one guy. Um, Oh, serious, serious wolf! I got a message mm -hmm. at seven in the morning saying, "Um, I'm the U.S. ambassador for special effect. I want to help. How do I help?" And actually spent the entire day um, as one of our moderators on Twitch. Hardly anything needed moderating because we were as bad as everybody else. Um, seven in the morning, our time. He, our he time. Bloody. I don't know where he is in the US, but he was that right was like through. three in the morning or earlier. And, and he was right through till the end of the Hutton show. Lesson. The entire day helping host and helping moderate stuff and all sorts. And Ali and Baz from Special Effect joined us. And obviously, you know, the, the crew, you've got Snoz, the cow, you've got Eddie, you've got Litho Breaker, you've got um, Draxor was doing the the raffle. I'm going to forget somebody and offend them. Um, <laughs> and obviously the programming by Move to make everything work. And the live Artemis, where he had the smoke machine going off and all the lights, as you would do in the little Artemis room. <laughs> I just love the face of the smell. Oh God! This, yes, he, he was telling us about the smell. But so people were logging in remotely to play Artemis. But then he had a camera on him with a live Artemis rig, the thing he built at great expense and a lot of time for the event. We still got it. Amelia, yeah, Flossie, um, Palantir. Oh, just I mean, there's there's a huge crew behind it. I'm the noisy one that talks about it, but um, it wouldn't have worked without all of those people. Genuinely. So uh, well. 
I mean, it just, for the little I saw of it made me regret having to having to dig stuff out in the garden. To be honest, <laughs> but um, what we're going to do is is that we will put links in the show notes, uh, basically to point at various um, highlights. I think it, it's all on. Um, it's Twitch all uploaded to YouTube. It's on Twitch, and Cow has actually post-processed everything and put it up on YouTube as well. I believe now. Right. So I think we'll we'll try and sort that out uh, when the show notes are ready. So but, um, yeah, go on. Just, just just to finish off, we're still going to do a physical ECM. We we still want to do the Cambridge one. We've got a great relationship with the venue. Yeah, you know, we we haven't let them down. We left our deposit in the venue. Because we still want to go to Cambridge. We still want to host a physical one. And we're going to. So that we can get together once all this nonsense is finished. And we're all healthy and not going to spread plague. Um, But we've learned a lot of lessons whereby we think we can include a lot more of the community who can't physically make it to the event. Whether through the costs or distance. We think there's stuff we can do to make it a community day where we get together. But other people can join in too. And, And we've actually taken a lot away from this as well. Well, there's a silver lining out of that, I suppose. I mean, well, more people, more money, more fun, and we mm-hmm. learn stuff. It's, I mean, it couldn't have actually been any. <laughs> you cut out there. It couldn't have actually been any, and then you Better. did a moment. Better. Oh, maybe I lifted my finger too early. There we go. I'm, I'm putting it down. It couldn't. It couldn't have been any better. I spoke to Mr. Cow this morning. Yeah, there were little bits of technical here and there, but that's part of the character and fun of it. And and it could not have been any better. And yeah, you know, my thanks to everybody involved. They made it a really special day. Excellent. Um, well, we're going to quickly move Shan? on to yeah, yeah. But we had no Shan. That was terrible. I'm sorry. Maybe <laughs> next time, Shan. Well, uh, to be honest, I really, I, I really wanted to, I, I really wanted to go to this one because um, it would be my first uh, elite beat, and it's not too far up the road and. I could get a day pass from Mrs. Shan and all things like that. So, yeah, um, definitely be up for a proper one when all the darkness goes away. Mm. Ah. Well, moving on to community corner stuff. Uh, the other reason you're, da- you're here, Dave, is that there is. Uh, this is actually one of uh, the things that I, uh, I'm quite happy about is that. Um, HCS Voice Packs are doing something new with uh, one of their Ad Astras. Um, or with, with a new thing called the Ad Astra, yes. Yeah, because there, there is a voice pack called Astra, because I, I've got her helping out with the, some some Thargoid hunting. Uh, but this is a this is a new addition. Um, have you got details? Well, it was released today, and it, it's a, it is a new pack. So it, it's not an, an upgrade to Astra. It's a new pack called Ad Astra, which I think went live earlier today. Mm. Um, and it isn't a ship control pack. Right. It is uh, – it's not quite a companion pack, like the, the, you know, the parrot and the cat and that idiot Cecil. Um, this, is, this is a sort of a new kind of pack that – um, augments what you're doing in game, so it it's a, a ship's assistant, should we say, um, which doesn't assist you flying the ship, but it assists you with knowledge and information. Right. And what it does is it looks at what you're doing, so it, it interfaces with things like the the journal, mm-hmm. and so it knows what's in your ship, it knows where you are, 
Um, it knows what's in the system that you're in, and basically all the information in the journal and other knowledge, and it's all combined. So you can you can ask your Ad Astra to start helping you with information, and it also alerts you automatically to certain things, and it basically augments your experience. It doesn't do things for you. So the way um, the team at HCS designed it is that the first bit was um, a series of things like basic warnings. If you take off and you haven't got any limpets on board, it, it doesn't call you a muppet. Cecil would do that, but it does warn you. You know you've just taken off without your limpets, haven't you? Um, and it can tell you things like when you gain a fine, what you gain the fine for. So if you suddenly get a fine because you've a, an authority ship flew in front of you, it will actually verbally give you the specifics of why you've earned a fine if you bump somebody on the way out or so you start off with with these things the next stage was um a data on system i don't know if you remember the 1984 elite you could push a button you got data on system yeah um now in the current cockpit you can look around to your left a bit and um you know you, you can start scrolling through menus but what this can do now is when you jump in it's got four silos so it's got travel information which is related to your fuel the number of jumps left and whether this star is scoopable uh-huh. Uh, you've got your political information, um, which is about the state of the system. But what it's not doing is just telling you it's in war, because that'd be really dull. It's giving you knowledge based on that. So it's telling you, as a result of war, what will you find in this system? And what effect is it going to have in what you see? So you'll find war zones, you'll find war-specific USSs and war-specific yep. missions. And in fact, mm-hmm. if it even knows that if you get that golden ticket of... Um, what is it? Civil civil liberty investment and pirate attack, or civil liberty investment and public holiday? It knows this. You hit the jackpot. This is where you should be selling stuff because you're going to make some money. Um, so it will tell you about the political and also what the primary economy is. So when you jump in, it immediately tells you whether it's agriculture or mining, you know, extraction. It then has a security level one, so it knows whether you're wanted or not in the system, and also what the security level is. And it combines these two things together, saying you're wanted, but there's not much security here, so you're probably okay. I'm using vernacular. It's much more formal sounding than that. Mm-hmm. Um, or if you're wanted and there's high security, it tells you to be on your guard a bit. So you're, you're starting to get information when you arrive in a system as a data on system. Um, there is, it is in alpha, um, so we, they haven't rolled in the power play side of things yet. Um but there is more to come from this one. And then you've got um, advice on your ship itself, the outfitting. So you can say, tell me about, to Ad Astra, you can say, tell me about tell me about limpets. And you get a general thing. Would you like to know more? And you can ask, it will tell you more. And you say, tell me about collector limpets. And it tells you about the two different modes. You know, this pick up one or pick up many modes of yeah. it. So it's giving you those things that aren't immediately available to the pilot without trial and error. Um, so tell me about life support, for instance, will tell you that when you go to an outpost, you do need to go down to the bay so you don't suffocate if you lose your screen. So it, it's applying knowledge to the facts, if that if that makes sense. Yeah. And we we had a, we had a run through with it on a three hour stream last week with uh, Mal for the Win, a streamer called Mal for the Win. I don't know if you know Mal. Um, where he was given it and he was just saying, wow, a lot and a lot more. Wow. <laughs> as he was flying and but you can even ask about the mounting spaces for your core internals because you've got the items in them but then the, there's the name of the mounts themselves and it goes through some of the underlying law about what they're for yep and gives you hints and tips you can say show me a mining build for an anaconda and it will pop up one of the build websites and show you a a basic build for it or you could say, tell me about trading, and it will tell you what to put on your ship. Or tell me about mining, and it will tell you what to put on your ship to be successful at mining. So it, it is a knowledge base, uh, a verbally controlled and situation controlled knowledge base for Elite in the Astra style. 
Right. Um, they have made a change to the pricing model for this one, haven't they? It's a yes. subscription model, not a one-off purchase. Yeah, because obviously the, the, the core packs are acted in a studio by the sort of stars of sci-fi. You get them in once, they record their pack, mm-hmm. and then maybe they'll do some pickups later or a, an updated edition. With this one, they want to keep evolving it and updating it. So as such, they've gone for a subscription model, which is a yearly subscription, I believe. Um, and for your subscription, you will then get the updates as and when they release them. Excellent. Um, I mean, uh, I think is I've that got... subscription. Sorry, Colin. No, go on, Ben. You first. Is that, sub- is that subscription? You, you think annually, but is it still four fifty? It's. I think if you're if you're supporting an early access level, and I, I remember this from the the chat with Mal for the win last week. So if you're supporting it at a level now. I what um, Fiery Toad and the thing is said was that's the price you're paying for your subscription, and that price rolls forwards. I think it's once it hits final release rather than the alpha, um, it will then um, go to a normal price if you know what I mean. So they've got a, an early access lower price at the moment. Um, the alpha and what will happen is anybody who subscribes now, when it goes to actual final release, that's when their subscription starts from. So they actually reset the subscription timer from when it goes live. Um, according to the website, it's four pound fifty at the moment. Just to let people know, there's given there's how much work we need. There's actually something, twenty-one. You said that just if Frontier put this in, it would make the purchase of, for me of a fleet carrier worth every single credit. And it's something you said that sparked up my imagination. If Frontier allowed you to set your own bounties and fines on the fleet carrier. So you could charge people like a hundred million credits for, uh, for I don't know, bashing someone or using a docking computer or something. If you could put your own crime and punishment system with your own <laughs> system of fines on it, that would just be worth it for me. So, ba- so basically, if if somebody had a, a a little shunt outside your carrier, the fact that you could set a one billion credit fine on that one person would make your day. It would. It was. It's only an hour's mining. Doesn't matter. <laughs> um, and you've only just worked this one out. Yes. Yes, he is. So, <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, that, that's that's the basics, and we've been we've been working through the manual. I've, I will I will confess, I've been helping the guys with it as well, and particularly with the BGS stuff in the last few weeks. Um, now, what you know, it, it's a work in progress, so it doesn't do every state. It'll tell you about important ones like war or get rich quick. Um, we we haven't found all of the um, consequences of certain states that are very rare. These new injected states, um, so we we put the critical ones in. Um, I mean, there, there's there's a lot more than I've 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 mentioned as well. Um, there there is. Um, I'm just leafing through the manual for it at the moment. Um, so yeah, you you could say tell me how to explore. You can be fairly generic. Um, you can say, uh, let's have a look. Uh, moving down, what fun ones did we put? We put all the all the S, um, SLFs on there. So descriptions, not only what the SLFs are, but the different weapon combinations on there. So they can it can educate you about um, the different SLFs. Um, it will remind you if you've gone off with a, a fighter bay or an SRV bay and forgotten to buy either fighters or SRV to go in them to stop you making cockups. 
Yes, unfortunately, it won't. Uh, it won't stop you pressing the the boost button instead of the undercarriage key, though. Um, that would be that would be the Astra pack. <laughs> but yeah, people were asking. It is it is a separate pack, um, and it is going to be continuously updated. Excellent. Um, right. Well, moving on from there, one of the other things happening uh, outside outside of the bubble is that commanders of the Orion and the Perseus Reach expeditions have met up and uh, one of the things they did manage to put together was a lovely mass jump um, those are always good to watch uh, Ben have you got any details on that? Other than the stuff I posted in the channel no because <laughs> um, that's the only information I was given so oh, we had right. we had Mac and Co on the other week, and then we've been talking about this meetup for ages. And I know they're really excited about it. And I saw the video, and it it looks lovely. It looks as as nice as any of the of the ones that I saw during Distant Worlds. Um, and I know it's you know it's not often you get two groups of players meeting out literally in the middle of nowhere, and just having fun for a day, playing with each other all day, and that's great. Um, Norman, do we have that clip for Commander Exegius? Oh, grief, it's a that... bit out of time for that. So I think maybe. Norman, yes, I think I think Norman we'll can fix that, that in post. Yeah, um, and finally, as you said earlier, Dave, Operation Hot Mess has finally finished. There was an awful lot from me this week, isn't there? Oh, uh, I only yes. come on the show rarely, I suppose. I, there's lots of me talking. Um, yes, the Hot Mess. The addition by Hutton to, to mug every single station, uh, as invented by Mr. Shouty and Intarius and Simons and all the programming behind it on the website. Yes, we have completed all bar the little mopping up at the end, 55,000 stations visited by um, the pilots of Elite and thoroughly and totally mugged. I think we've got three left that have been in lockdown for about three months um, ah. to mop up. And then with a bit of number crunching to make sure we haven't missed anything. But yes, we've had to get a few of them out of blocking states. Um, and I, I was just going to look up the numbers, actually, if you give me one second. What we need is lift music when this happens. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, here, here we go. We, we've, got, we've, got, we've got some numbers here. So, um, I mean, obviously, uh, we, we had uh, Doc Jack at the top with 2,700 mugs or 2,700 stations delivered. You know, Montgomery wow. Python, Time Raider, and Nemba all over the 2,000 mark. Wow, it's just, it's just a trot. That that's what at least um, you can only get what ten mugs well, a time. No, no, you can get from... you can get forty five a time. We, we tend oh, to right. keep um, Alpha Centauri in a good state, and in fact, public holidays you can get seventy five. Right, gotcha. But still, that's an awful lot of trips to Hutton Orbital to get over two thousand mugs to deliver. Oh yeah, and we've had three hundred and twenty two people take part. Um, some of them just doing one mug. Um, a lot of player groups doing to their own systems as well. So they they cured mods in their own systems. Um, and then we've had uh, Commander Flossie has been out at Hutton Orbital um, teabagging everyone, literally loading any ship that came up, big ships, just loading them up. And I I don't have the number here because they've removed a couple of things while we did the number crunching. But it was something of the order of eleven thousand mugs that Flossie loaded other people up with. Wow. Well, the. All you, what you can say is that's flossy, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, you can see why she's Frontier's favourite. <laughs> yes. Uh, um, we... But yeah, I mean, it, it's been enormous fun. And once again, 
messages from people saying, oh, I've just had such a laugh. The timing was great because obviously it finished just as the Fleet Carrier Beta arrived, which was accidental good timing. And just as ECM arrived when all of our attention was elsewhere. So, I, I mean, it's been incredible fun. And the programming, again, behind it by Antarius and Simons, the server stuff, the website, you could go to it and you click on it and it'd show you you know, all the stations that have not been mugged in certain range. And also it would tell you your nearest one that hadn't been mugged yet. So you could race there and mug it. Um, and it worked on PC and Xbox and PlayStation. That was one of the fun bits. We were able to roll them in as well. So we got the Hutton Helper working across those platforms as well. So you could sign up and it would actually feed us data from uh, Frontier uh, on a polled basis every half an hour. So you could take part on Xbox, which means it was truly cross-platform. So basically, mugs delivered on every single platform. Yep. Well, between the platforms, we did it. Um, that's all stations of the commodity market. But the other thing is we've managed to bring a, a lot of the data in the crowdsourced data for things like um, EDSM. The PC one, I think, was also updating them. You know, when because you're using the um, EDMC plugin. So anybody yeah. using that was then also updating the master databases for things like EDSM and eddb.io rely on a sort of a core data set that's crowdsourced and so we were actually bringing them bang up to date as well we were finding stations that were listed as having commodity markets that didn't for instance and so they've been brought bang up to date public service excellent and of course yeah the mapping is always appreciated isn't it so there aren't some that people haven't ever been to in the galaxy because we also rely on that same crowdsourced status. So there may be some stations that have never had a pilot visit them that we don't know about yet. Oh, now there's a thought. Yeah, we, we had um, 20 or 30 of those as we were going around the galaxy that were discovered. Right, well, sort of stations that were in the bubble that no one ever knew about. Yeah, just nobody had ever gone to. Wow. Well, um, for more information, you can catch up with our sister station, Hutton Orbital Radio, which broadcasts on a Thursday at half past eight, British summer time, and you can tune in at tv.forthemug.com, or if you just want to listen to them, radio.forthemug.com. Thank you very much. And I know I've done a lot of talking tonight, so I really do appreciate the opportunity. (laughs) We just want our panda flesh, Dave. (laughs) Um, In other shout-outs, we'll give a shout-out all those discerning commanders who like a bit of CQC action, you can check out the CQC Discord at discord.me slash CQC. That's all one word. We'll put a link in the show notes. Um, I do believe we have a Galnet news from Commander Wotherspoon following this uh, broadcast. Yep, we do. Excellent. So, um, yet again, the fantastic uh, Commander Wotherspoon will give will bring us up to the up to up to date with the the latest goings on in in Galnet news. Um, we'd just like to thank everybody who's chipped in on the on the Twitch chat. And um, Ben, have you had any commanders fly by you? I guess the biggest shout out there would be to Commander Miggle flying through me. Through you? Yeah, his fleet carrier decided it was. Good. <laughs> so basically, you were at one end of the cloud, and the. the 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 fleet carriage just flew into the cloud in front of you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't think I want to play chicken with a fleet carrier. <laughs> it was interesting and slightly terrifying. You could run <laughs> rabbit, run rabbit, run rabbit. <sighs> Somebody had drones anyway. Right before I close off the show, does anybody have any other business they'd like, just like to uh, to quickly highlight? Nope. Um, well, actually, I do have one final piece of business. And um, for those of you 
who um, follow the uh, escape velocity, um, you'll know that bloke, Chris Jarvis, what did it. Um, he's actually giving away a free audiobook, um, uh, which of Arthur Conan Doyle's Lost World. It, it's a, a, a free audiobook project that he's putting together. And basically, because people are bored at home, due to virusy stuff. So um, we will put a link in the show notes for anybody who'd like to download uh, that. At the moment, he's, he's just finished off episode one and there are on the way. So um, that's it for another episode of Lave Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can email info at laveradio.com. Hit us at facebook.com slash laveradio. Tweet us at Lave Radio, or you can join our Discord server by going to discord.io slash Lave Radio. We have a TeamSpeak server where commanders like to hang out and chat, and you can find that at teamspeak.laveradio.com. Warning, Hutton Orbital Truckers also share this TeamSpeak, so you might get mugged. Do get in touch if you have any questions or if there's anything you'd like us to discuss in the future episode. Live Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at 8.30 uh, British Summer Time and streamed out at laveradio.com slash live. So thanks to Shan, thanks to Ben, and special thanks to uh, to Dave or David for, for making a, an appearance. And of course, thanks to uh, Commander Ventura for his uh, technical genius. Uh, so until next time, Commanders, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous. Is your life like this? It's like having an orange inserted. <laughs> <laughs> According to uh, scientists, Uranus is full of methane gas. I think you're right, though, Colin. What have you done with Shan, and when can we have him back? Galaxy.
Alnet News Digest, 14th of April, 3306. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, carrier seal appeal. Let's jump together. Hot mess success, more or less. Carrier seal appeal. Test flights have been continuing for the forthcoming Drake-class fleet carriers. Despite almost universal dismay at the draft upkeep costs, and some confusion about what need fleet carriers will actually satisfy, and despite the lack of an option for a universal cartographics terminal, and despite the amount of time it takes to get a fleet carrier to actually jump to a new system, and despite difficulties transferring the tritium fuel from storage to the fuel tank remotely, And despite it taking nearly an hour and a half for a couple of competent miners to gather enough tritium for a maximum range jump, and despite the exclusivity of fleet carriers due to cost, and despite there being too many fleet carriers clogging up systems like DISO, which we learned this week is called DISO, not DISO or DISO after all, and despite not being able to stay on deck while the fleet carrier is jumping, which means you miss the sound and light show going on outside, it's generally agreed that fleet carriers may have a part to play in the galaxy. Unless you command a Shan, in which case they are utterly pointless. Because the fleet carrier owner can set almost any buy or sell price for commodities, there is now at long last a means of transferring credits from one commander to another. Commander Burr has been flying around taking pictures of the different sorts of fleet carrier under construction and is of the opinion that a number of exciting cosmetic variants of the fleet carriers will soon be on the way. A number of exploration-minded commanders have used the previously unattainable jump range afforded by fleet carriers to visit star systems far above and below the galactic plane, places where true explorers are unlikely to be troubled by the scurrying feet of daytrippers hoping to do the galaxy in less than a week. And the Hull Seals have put out an appeal for help with buying three fleet carriers to form part of the Deep Space Support Array, which is Fleetcom's proposed network of repair and refueling stations around the lesser trodden pathways of the galaxy. It's looking likely that they'll be able to buy three fleet carriers thanks to the generosity of their members and the rest of the galactic community. When fleet carriers finally become available to buy, you can be sure of an even swifter than normal response to your hull repair needs. Refueling services not included because that's the fuel rat's job. Cracked canopy access, 100 credits. Let's jump together. The Perseus Reach and Orion expeditions met up this week for a mass jump at the system known as EOLS GRI PG-E B-15-4, or rather more conveniently, as Bendurians present. The two expeditions set off several months ago. The Perseus Reach expedition, a steely bunch of hardened explorers travelling all the way to Semitus Beacon in small ships that only have the most basic facilities. The Orion expedition, a slightly less eager collection of amateur frameshift drive astronomers looking for exciting things around the curve of the Orion Cygnus arm of the galaxy and ending up at Explorer's Anchorage in time for Tiffin. The two expeditions met up as arranged, larked about for a bit, 
said their farewells, and, as explorers do whenever they gather together, they arranged a mass jump. Having all jumped together to the next system, they found that they had all met up once again. The two expeditions now keep bumping into each other, like that distant acquaintance you bumped into in the fruit and veg aisle, said a few words to and then proceed to meet again in the meat, dairy, dried and frozen food aisles, and who you're now actively trying to avoid by hiding out of sight around the corner. Hot mess success, more or less. Despite appearances to the contrary, a galactic pandemic of mods has been averted. According to Commander LCU No Fool Like One, who is not only a scientist, but also keeps a pretty close eye on politics, mugs have now been delivered to 110,230,734,000 citizens in 501000 systems. Ten commanders delivered more than 1,000 mugs each, with the most prolific superspreader being Commander Doc Jack, who delivered 2,747 mugs. 11th place runner-up Commander Rincewind Kumri failed to deliver more than 1,000 mugs, but he did deliver 1,000. Close friend of Galnet Digest Commander Watcher played his part, coming in at 183rd, having delivered 38 mugs behind Commander Shoespan, who delivered 38 mugs, and ahead of Commander Hobo Astronaut, who delivered 38 mugs. Some Hutton truckers believe that mods is a man-made disease deliberately released into the galaxy by the evil Don Antonacci. Some conspiracy theorists go even further, claiming that it's fake news, created by Commander Van Tian, as part of the campaign to re-elect Alvin as leader of the Hutton truckers. These crackpots point to the recent rollout of 21G listening posts throughout the bubble as evidence that their minds are being controlled by manipulative truckers. In any case, the galaxy is now safe from further outbreak. At least, until a novel form of mods escapes from the laboratory at Hutton Orbital. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news so you don't have to. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the end of the show. Everybody's buggered off now, so why don't you bugger off?